welcome to episode 7 of the Giants of the Faith podcast. My name is Robert Daniels and I'm the host of this show. This is the podcast where we look at individuals from the age of the church who have lived out their faith in a unique or interesting way. These are people who are giants in the history of Christendom, Hall of Famers, if you will. Today marks our first step into antiquity as we review the life, at least what we know of it, and impact of early church father Polycarp. Polycarp's legacy is multifaceted. He serves as a critical link between the early church and the apostles, and he held firm to the emerging orthodoxy and was a rock in Asia, the center of the late first century Christianity. He's also the first recorded martyr of the post-biblical era. There's not much known about Polycarp's early life. He was born in about AD 70. Many believe he was born in Judea, and that his family fled to Asia as the Romans sacked and destroyed Jerusalem. At any rate, he and his family ended up in Smyrna, in Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. Asia Minor was important in the early days of Christendom, as it is where the last apostle, John, lived and ministered. It was also a place where many Jews and Christians ended up following the Diaspora. It was there that Polycarp met John, and became one of his disciples. John passed on to his disciples the truths of the faith that he'd learned at the feet of Christ and through revelation. He also passed on his spirit of gentleness yet steadfastness, and it was this spirit that served Polycarp in his years of ministry. John approved of Polycarp's appointment as Bishop of Smyrna, where he would serve for decades. During his time as Bishop, Polycarp was influential in the Christian world. He was a real and a symbolic link to Christ and his teachings. He encouraged and urged his congregants and those under his influence to reject materialism. Polycarp also fought against the growing heresies in the early church, first against Gnosticism and later against Marcionism. So what is Gnosticism? It's an early heresy that continues to rear its ugly head. The word itself gives us a clue to its meaning, It comes from the Greek word gnosis, which means to know. The Gnostics held that spiritual and physical worlds were divided, and that the spirit is good while the material is evil. Therefore, in their minds, Christ could only have appeared to have human form, as he could not have actually taken on an evil material body. They also believed in special revelation given to superior people as the means of salvation and this special knowledge was attainable only by a few. This contradicted the orthodox Christian belief, based on scripture, that salvation was available to all through the death and resurrection of the physical Jesus Christ. Similarly, Marcionism is a heresy that continues to pop up in our modern world. I'm looking at you, Andy Stanley. Marcion was a wealthy trader who, sometime around 140 AD, approached the church in Rome to donate a boatload of money in order to buy favor and influence in the church. Similar to the Gnostics, Marcion believed that matter is evil and that all good is spiritual. This caused him to reject the God of the Old Testament and therefore reject the Old Testament as scripture. He then cherry-picked which books and passages he approved of as scriptural from the New Testament. He landed on the book of Luke and some of Paul's writings, and even those he edited himself. He also rejected Christ as a man. Polycarp and others rejected and refuted these heresies, 
and we can thank them for their faithfulness to scripture and apostolic teaching. On one occasion, Polycarp actually met Marcion. Marcion approached him and said, with bravado, Do you know who I am? Polycarp did know who Marcion was, and he wasn't afraid to say so. Yes, I know very well, Polycarp replied. You firstborn son of the devil. As I mentioned, Polycarp was the bishop of Smyrna. You may recall Smyrna from Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 to 11, which reads, Write to the angel of the church in Smyrna, The first and the last, the one who is dead and came to life, says, I know your affliction and poverty, yet you are rich. I know the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Look, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison to test you, and you will have affliction for ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Anyone who has an ear should listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. The victor will never be harmed by the second death. Well, there's plenty of debate around whether the angel of Smyrna was Polycarp or not, but one thing is for certain. Polycarp was faithful unto death. When Polycarp was 85 or 86, the order was issued for his death by the Roman officials. Roman persecution of the church was ramping up at the time throughout the empire. When Polycarp learned of the order for his death, he refused at first to flee, but rather to wait for the Roman soldiers to come to his home. Friends and churchgoers urged him to leave, however, and he finally agreed to go to a small estate outside of town. While there, and in earnest prayer, Polycarp received a vision of his pillow being consumed by fire. He turned to his friends and he told them, I must be burned alive. Polycarp left the first estate to hide at another nearby farm. The Roman police, headed by a man named Herod, found and tortured two slave boys at the estate until they revealed Polycarp's new location. Herod sent a troop of men to arrest Polycarp on a Friday, and he still had the chance to escape, but he told his friends, the will of God will be done. He met his arresters in the farmhouse, and even ordered a meal to be prepared and served to them. While he ate with his captors, he prayed for them, and for all high and low, who at any time had come this way, and the Catholic Church throughout the world. He was then led away without resistance, and brought before proconsul Statius Quadratus. Quadratus interviewed Polycarp before a crowd of morbidly curious Romans. Polycarp submitted to the interrogation, answering the proconsul with wit and grace. Quadratus wished to avoid the spectacle and potential disturbance caused by the martyrdom of this old man. Curse Christ and I'll release you, the proconsul said. To which Polycarp famously replied, Eighty-six years I have served him. He had never done me wrong. How then can I blaspheme my king who has saved me? Still searching for a way out of killing the old man, the proconsul replied, Then do this, old man. Just swear by the genius of the empire, and that will be sufficient. He meant for Polycarp to at least acknowledge the godhood of Caesar, and he could hold his Christian faith and save his life. Polycarp refused. If you imagine for a moment that I would do that, then I think you pretend that you don't know who I am. Hear it plainly. I am a Christian. The proconsul next threatened Polycarp with death by wild beast. Bring them forth, Polycarp replied. I would change my mind if it meant going from the worse to the better, but not to change from the right to the wrong. Eventually, 
The proconsul became fed up and said, I will have you burned alive. Polycarp was unfazed. You threaten the fire that burns for an hour and then is quenched. But you do not know of the fire of the judgment to come and the fire of eternal punishment. Bring what you will. The stake and the fire were prepared, and as the Romans stoked the fire, Polycarp prayed aloud, Father, I bless you that you have deemed me worthy of this day and hour, that I might take a portion of the martyrs in the cup of Christ. Among these may I today be welcomed before thy face as rich and acceptable sacrifice. The Romans were prepared to nail Polycarp to the stake to prevent him from fleeing the fire. That was the normal custom. But he convinced them not to. Leave me as I am, for he who grants me to endure the fire will enable me also to remain on the pyre unmoved, without the security you desire from nails. Polycarp knew that Christ would give him the strength to endure this horrible punishment. He was burned alive, but he didn't die from the fire, and the job had to be finished by dagger. Polycarp died on February 23, 155. His legacy was immediate and lasting, and he serves still as an example of Christian faithfulness and dedication. Well, that concludes another episode of Giants of the Faith. I hope you've learned something new or remembered something forgotten. And mostly, I hope that you'll draw inspiration from Polycarp's story, and that it will point you toward Christ as the founder and sustainer of our faith. Polycarp is an example of a man who carried the faith forward faithfully and passed it to generations that followed. He stood firm against error and heresy and led his community with grace and love throughout his life. Let us hope and try and do the same for our children and the generations that follow us. As always, if you have any comment or correction, please send an email to podcast at giantsofthefaith.com. I'm always interested in your feedback and requests. Also, if you enjoy the show, do me a favor and leave a five-star rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I'd appreciate it very much. Until next time, God bless. <laughs>